this is a little bit of a confusing topic for me, to be honest, because when you say project coordinator, like that doesn't really give you a great idea of what a project coordinator actually is. So what do you actually do? So what I usually do, uh, I guess best place to start would be my day to day, really. Um, so my day to day uh, job is to support the project managers and senior project managers uh, on the planning and execution of events is probably the most simple way to put it. Um, so we work across um, heaps of different events and heaps of different uh, areas of the event. Um, and the project manager or the project lead is the person that looks after that. Project coordinators are there to assist them with uh, anything they need help with, really. Right. So you're like almost a project assist. Like, I think that's a good way of kind of describing what you do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. So there, it could be like any number of things that kind of fall under that category, though, right? Like, you could literally be doing anything on any given day from maybe booking flights to sorting stuff in the warehouse or building truck pack plans or, or, or what is it? Like, or what's the, the main duty, I suppose, that you end up doing the majority of the time. That's exactly right. We could be booking flights one day, booking trucks the next. Uh, we can be uh, organizing um, payment systems for different um, events. I guess that's more applicable to me because something I'm not used to, but um, looking, having to look after, um, like set up the payment system for um, an event we've got coming up. Uh, and... Uh, managing crew one day, sorting out the warehouse another day. It really, yeah, it's um, a it's a broad range, which is which is really good. All right, yeah, I mean, that, I think we we do want to definitely dive deep into what you end up doing, like maybe on a standard week, but mm-hmm. I'll do that a bit later because obviously, normally when I start this kind of a a, a video, I, I like to find out who you are. So we obviously haven't gone through that yet. Let's. Talk a little bit about you. Uh, obviously, you're the project coordinator or a project coordinator at ESL Australia. Are there any other project coordinators or are you the only one? Uh, there is one more, yes. Okay, there uh, is there, one more. There is another one. Um, and we, yeah, we um, are in the same team with uh, under a senior PM. Yep. Uh, so we work, work together pretty closely, which is good. So how did you like end up at ESL? Because I know you uh, obviously had some previous jobs which were fairly similar i want to say uh into what you're currently doing uh but obviously not within the esports sphere yeah so uh i only really got involved with the um esports scene on scene on iem last year that was my first ever esl gig that was my first ever esports event so that's um, not even a year ago, by the way. That's like, it would have been May last year? Yeah, roughly. May last year. That's exactly right. So I think um, that's a good, actually, I just want to touch on that because I think that's a really good point for people that are watching and they're like, oh, how, how can I get into esports? Or how long does it take me to get in, right? You've done an event less than a year ago and now you have a full-time job in esports. Yeah, I've, I'm definitely very, uh, very lucky, but um, to, I feel like I've been very lucky to get the um, full-time job Um not not even a year after my first um, esports gig, but right, let's talk about not, I, let's talk about go. that first esports gig yeah, because yeah. that's I think a really good pathway to start at. Um, you obviously said it was IEM last year, so what were you doing at IEM last year? Were you volunteering or no? It was actually a, a paid uh, role as well. I uh, right. was one of the general crew uh, assisting with the setup. I was one of the first crew on site. Um, 
helping run cables for uh, the upstairs um, convention, um, like the expo hall. Uh, and then I got taken under the wing by um, one of the project uh, project leads and uh, pretty much uh, was working in the, um, the loading dock most of the time, kind of managing uh, the equipment and uh, managing the equipment coming in and going out and managing the crews that came in um, to build equipment and that kind of thing. So, so how did you get that job? Like, how did you get that that first initial gig at IEM? So this one this goes a little bit little bit back. So I, it's always been a goal to work in esports. So I, I mean, I my background is theater lighting, so not really anything to do with esports. But there was always a goal that I wanted to take my lighting career or my career into esports. Um, and so everything I did kind of had a um, you know, an aim to help me get get to that um, to that realm, I guess. Uh, from lighting, I moved into festival logistics um, on some of the big festivals that uh, come to mind: a St Kilda Festival in in Melbourne, uh, and Bleach Festival, and I did um, Oktoberfest Brisbane for a few years as well. Um, all of those, I was doing operations and logistics. Um, so uh, a lot of forklift work, a lot, a lot of um, boom lift work, um, and all that kind of helped me to build my uh, logistical um, mind, I guess. Uh, and then I started a full-time job at Brisbane Powerhouse uh, as a head of lighting. And uh, that's where I, uh, I got a lot of experience in managing crew and managing you know, budgets, um, and yeah, the, all, all these different jobs have definitely helped me get to where I am now. Um, then some things started going on at powerhouse, uh, where I actually, I really didn't want to be there anymore. So it was that, uh, I remember there was one distinct day where I was just having an awful day that I was really not enjoying it. And so at that point that I remember that day, I, said to myself, I, my next job is going to be in eSports. Um, that day I applied for a role uh, at ESO in Cologne uh, as a stage technician. And I actually got an interview. I interviewed for a role at ESO Cologne, um, which was a really great opportunity. Um, uh, obviously I didn't get the role, but they put me in contact with Nick and Josh. Yeah. And that's how the conversation started. I just started talking to Josh and Nick um, and saying, hey, I'm super keen to get involved. Um, would love to volunteer on some events if, if you um, have, you know, a role free. Um, I went to PAX Australia and went to the ESL stage and I went specifically there to go and speak to Nick or Josh. And that's how I met Nick. I had a good chat with him. Um, that was uh, that was packs not last year the year before which would have been 2018 um, right yes that's right uh and then i was emailing josh back and forth from this point with nothing really locked in um which which was good because i had the contact but uh i really wanted to um try and get something to happen mm. um and then uh esl 
was doing um, the AUNZ champs in uh, Brisbane at Supernova. Um, so I went, I went to that with um, a good mate of mine and I, that's where I met the uh, project lead of the AUNZ champs. And um, it basically, I went and met him and said, I'm keen. I really would love to. Uh, so you, you were kind of a guy that was like literally banging down the door at any kind of opportunity that was available. Cause you've gone to PAX, you've gone to ANZ champs. You've talked to Josh and Nick on emails, like you've applied to Cologne. It's funny because uh, when I actually started at ESL, I had also applied for a, a job internationally in ESL as well. I'd applied for a, a commentary role in Poland. Uh, and I had uh, discussions with Nick and JB as a result of that as well. And then I ended up working in, in Australia, obviously. So um, it's kind of funny how that sort of all pans out. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, it's, it's a case of just getting your foot in the door and, and banging, banging down the door, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think I was being a pain in the ass. But Sounds like it. I, I, was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was super keen. I really wanted to get a job in the esports, uh, mm. in esports world. And uh, so I just, every single chance I got, I just really tried to make it happen. So, um, and then just from that, because I went, because I showed I was keen and because I uh, went to Supernova, mm. um, I found out later on uh, that doing that showed uh, the powers that be <laughs> that I was really keen. And um, from that, I got asked to work as general crew on IM, uh, partly, be well, partly because of me showing us keen the other part because i had my forklift license but uh... that'll help yeah i was gonna say i think you you do have like a, a certain skill set that's pretty relevant even to esports you know particularly what you say about the um about the events that you've worked on the the festivals uh more so seems like almost the exact thing that you need for like a crew member at an esports event it's like almost a direct translation it feels like absolutely uh at the end of the day uh the events are the same. It's just the content that is Correct. that's different. Yep. Um, and that's the way that I kind of went into IEM. I really was like, okay, yes, this is this is you know this is esports. This is where I want to be. But I'm just going to look at it like it's any other event mm. because obviously, uh, if I don't want to blow smoke, but I'm good at what I do, and so I don't need to change that just because it's in the esports world it's it's an event so i just go to work as i usually do yep and so that's what i did so so what was that experience like at iem uh the very oh, first one you worked with esl it was absolutely one of the best events i've ever worked on um in my career can i, I can i ask how, how many uh, hours you worked at that event it was a lot <laughs> <laughs> um it was it was a lot and it surprised. was um quite uh interesting because uh there was this one one thing that stuck with me from IM where I I was having issues with uh, with my shoes at the time and I was on my feet so much and I started uh, getting like a bunch of um, sores on my feet and it was mm -hmm. just I remember by the end of the week I was actually just limping around and yeah. uh, everyone was would would point it out say are you are you okay like, yeah. <laughs> what have you done. Ah, uh, yeah. I had a similar experience at the very first IEM, which was 2017, uh, when I was unlucky enough to still be doing the the bump ins and bump outs. Uh, but I was also I was also working uh, in an on camera role 
uh, not on the broadcast, but still an on-camera role. So I was wearing my nice, you know, my nice clothes and I had dress shoes on and I did the bump out in the dress shoes. And that was like the worst mistake of my life because you're basically walking around on wood for like four hours. Exactly. Not a good strat. Anyway, I think it's I think it's safe to say for you that like this kind of a job and this kind of a role and the transition into ESL has been sort of uh, very fulfilling. Uh, like it's a similar role to what you had been doing previously, but in a an industry that you have a passion for. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just I've always had a passion to be in uh, esports, and it's just yeah, it was great to get that chance, um, and I I really wanted to work in a way to show them how keen I was and um and hopefully yeah get into a full-time role from that well you've done that now the opportunity to to tell other people how to do it so I want to sort of break down a little bit more what it means to be a project coordinator and like what kind of person it takes to be a project coordinator because obviously I feel like you're a pretty driven motivated and and like you kind of know what you're doing sort of guy if that makes sense that's just the aura that you give me but do you feel like that's a good summary of the kind of person that it takes to be a project coordinator or is there there's sort of something else that you'd look for maybe if let's say you're hiring another project coordinator what are you looking for that's absolutely right um the the drive to uh to i guess um the drive to to complete an event or the drive to um further the I guess further the industry. Someone who's passionate about the industry and wants to further the industry, like that, that is a, immediately a great a great choice. Um, someone who's not afraid to work long hours and um, get the job done. Obviously, the role uh, has some long hours at times. And people who are not afraid of a challenge um, is another great one. There's always challenges that pop up through this role uh, and knowing how to overcome them and uh and find solutions um so a good problem solver is another good one um yeah those are those are some of the great the uh those are the some of the yeah qualities that qualities, yeah. Need, yeah so do you do you have much of a say or uh any input into like who gets hired for events or who who gets through the sort of the volunteer process or anything like that I do work with the project managers um, on. I work with project managers on uh, what casuals we look to hire, uh, put on events and that kind of thing. But usually, it's uh, project managers that kind of make that call. Right. Um, but but you I could need- be essentially you could be the guy that's like, no, nah, we're not using that person again. Like, have you had any horror stories? Uh, honestly, personally, I haven't. But obviously, I've only been in the role for like seven months or so so um there's always going to be one yeah exactly um but yeah to to an extent i we could say you know uh i'd prefer not to use that person use someone else or something and um yeah what do you think someone would have to do to like get kind of vetoed like if they did one event and then you said we're never bringing them back like what sort of thing would you say is almost an insta blacklist basically uh I guess it's it's it kind of goes into um, uh, what we look in what we look for in casuals as well as well. Um, basically, we like people that are forward thinking. Uh, I like I like crew that um, who are quick on their feet and they're quick to work. Mm. Um, they've got drive to complete the task that they're doing. Um, punct- punctuality is a big one as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the events industry, 
you need to be keeping to a schedule uh, that that is already very tight. Uh, so punctuality is definitely um, a big a big one. Um, you if if I have a casual that is um, questioning a lot of the things that I'm asking them to do. Um, like there's always, you're always going to have back and forth with casuals. Um, and I'm, I'm one for a team mentality. If someone's got a better way to do something and they say, why don't we just do it this way? And it's a better way to do it. Sweet. That's great. Let's go. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't like to, uh, what's the word? I don't like to be the boss and be the boss. I like to be, I I try and be a leader with crew. Um, so if someone comes up with a better idea, sweet, let's go. Like, that's a better idea. We're going to do that because there's no point doing, you know, the way I said, just because it was the way I said it, if it's not the best way to do Mm. something, but someone, someone that, um, will, I mean, you're trying to say this in a nice way. Just be, be savage. Just be savage. (laughs) If, if someone's being a real asshole about, about something that I've said and they start, uh, talking back, and that kind of thing, I will most likely not want to bring you back because, um, because I want, I want, uh, everyone, everyone, I will respect you if you respect me. That's, that's the basic principle of it all. (laughs) All right. That makes sense. So, uh, I think we've kind of gone over what you, you want and what you don't want out of someone in that role, but, uh, we've sort of also talked about how you got into that role. But I think it's maybe uh, beneficial to talk about maybe how someone who has never done anything in esports could potentially look to, let's say, work with ESL because obviously that's where you work at the moment. But uh, just as a greater scope, also finding any sort of gig in, in the esports industry similar to what you're doing. Like, is there opportunities to volunteer? Is there that kind of stuff around? Like, what's the go? How do you how do you get that job? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, ESL is doing some careers workshop, which I'll. Sp- I'll speak a bit more about later, uh, but, um, volunteering at events is, is, um, seems to be the best, the best way. Um, volunteering is a really good way to, at showing that you're keen to work in the, um, industry and not just, you know, to get the payday you're Mm -hmm. there, uh, out of, you know, your own time, uh, to further the industry, to help at the event, you know? Um, so that's a really great way, uh, a really great way to get your foot in the door, um, and showing just showing that you're keen. I just can't understate that enough. Um, showing you're keen, you know, always say letting people know when you're available. Um, yeah, getting, knocking down the getting, door, rocking exactly, up at ANZ knocking, champs, knocking. talking to Mike Star, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah. Um, do you think it's beneficial as well for people uh, to like work at an events company? I don't know, something uh, sort of doing rigging and, and, and that kind of stuff, or is that maybe not quite as relevant? It's hard to say because it depends the kind of role you're going for. I mean, mm. a, a lot of my lighting, um, my lighting experience, I mean, it's kind of not really useless, I guess, but I'm not, I'm not using any of You're my You're not doing any lighting, right. I'm not hanging lights every day and mm. like running power, that kind of thing. But if you needed uh, to, you could, that's the difference. And I think that is something that might crop up one day. 
exactly it, it could be it could that could be that one event where i need to hang a bunch of lights um and it's just great because that's what i used to do yeah. <laughs> so um so to an extent yeah uh you know having event experience will always help because you know the ins and outs and events you know how to put on an event mm. so um yeah making sure you do have some live experience uh live event experience will always uh help yeah. but I, th I still think that yeah just showing how keen you are to not just you know yeah i think from uh, you go just showing that you're you're not just keen to for the the esports payday you're right. there to better the industry and and um further the industry yeah, yeah. Well, the esports payday isn't probably what you should be working for in the first place, if I'm being quite honest. But either way, uh, from my, uh, I suppose, somewhat limited experience as uh, as a bump in general crew kind of guy, I think what you said about having a degree of experience doing events is pretty valuable because for me, it was kind of like, holy cow, there's actually, you know, like we're expected to do what? You know, there's so many things and so much time that goes into actually putting on an event like that and putting... Uh, or getting all of the equipment into place and all that sort of stuff that you don't really realize, I think, until you've kind of done it. So it can be a bit of a rude awakening if you go in completely fresh. Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest, biggest shocks, I guess, um, there's a lot of planning that obviously goes into s schedules and bump-ins and that kind of thing. And then looking at the schedule sometimes can just be a bit like, you expect us to do all that in that amount of time. Four hours or five hours or something. <laughs> but... Yeah. I mean, when you've got when you've got a really good casual pool like we do at the moment, um, those those tasks will take no time at all. Everyone's really keen. Everyone works really hard, and that's yeah. Again, that's that's something that I really like in you know in casuals. That's the crux of it. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about what a, a, like a normal week might be like. And in fact, actually, this past week or the next coming week might be a good one as an example because this this is being recorded just before you go to Melbourne for the Pokemon event. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Right. So like what's, let's say you've got the event on the weekend, which is what would be the case most of the time. What's happening on a Monday through to the Friday. And then we'll talk about what's happening on the event days as well. So let's say it's Monday at the moment. Like what, what's, what's the go? Uh, as in uh, events next Saturday. Yeah. Or the event is next. Yeah, yeah. The, the event is coming in the next weekend. Yeah. Uh, so this week is going to be, I, yeah, I fly to Melbourne tomorrow. Um, the, uh, the, the majority of the, well, all of the planning has been done. Like at this week, uh, from this week, it's execution. Okay. Um, so we will just need to execute the plans that we've put in place over the last like um, four or five months uh, and actually do the things just put on the gig so all right well um, let's maybe what, jump back a little bit quickly then and, yeah, and yeah. tell me what goes into planning for an event like this yeah so um this this event uh i've been leading for um yeah quite a while now uh and <clears throat> we a lot of planning has gone in there's obviously so it's on such a big event there's a lot of moving parts um, so the biggest thing is, um, going through and making sure that we're fulfilling the client's needs and then, uh, working with suppliers and, 
and different yeah different suppliers to make sure that you know they've got the equipment and making sure the equipment turns up at the right right time uh and making sure that we can you know get it all installed in the time that we have available uh it's it's uh yeah a lot of a lot of planning uh goes into it so i'd say you know with uh in in a respect of you know time spent planning versus executing um you know we're going to execute this five months of planning in one one yeah. week We've so got three days of two days of bump in a day rehearsals and you know three day event yeah like, well like when it comes to planning you i guess you, you you're across like rostering the crew uh you're across the packing list you're across the client you're across sort of all of that yeah everything so i this one power plans etc yeah, every every single aspect, um, I'm across on this one because uh, I'm the I'm the project lead on on this event. So, hmm. um, which is which has been a challenge, uh, being so so new to the uh, to the industry. But um, I've absolutely loved the opportunity. Uh, it's definitely not really getting thrown in the deep end, but uh, you know trial by fire you know <laughs> yeah i, I kind of want to go into the context or, or at least give some context as to how much planning goes into an event like this now again i'm speaking from uh, a little bit less of an experience than than you but from what i have seen you know even down to the amount of power cables you need is sort of accounted for in that planning phase you know you you, you make your power plan and you know okay i need to run power this this far or for this many pcs or however many that is and then you're like okay well to do that i need 20 10 meter uh extension cords and i need 40 kettle cables and i need 30 network cords or something like that like is that that's the kind of thing that goes into this kind of event right yeah absolutely that's the level that we get down to level so, of detail you know, we've 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 got this many people in this area we need this much power for these devices um <clears throat> the power needs to be run to this this point um and we need to supply you know this many circuits of power so we don't start blowing uh blowing fuses and that yep. kind of thing and it you might know, not even just be power right it could be like tables chairs whatever yeah tables chairs network cable um branding everything every single aspect is mm. what we've been uh working through uh for the last um yeah almost half a year so the idea with the planning is you want to know where everything goes before you get there exactly so so yeah we don't want to be figuring out where something's going to be going this week is all about execution okay well let's jump into this week then because we've, we've talked about the planning phase which can be quite substantial if you say it's gone for four or five months for this one event uh but we're now at the week of the event you're flying to melbourne tomorrow uh what what's what's happening tomorrow uh so tomorrow i obviously am flying uh to to melbourne um i have a crew that will be loading all the equipment that we packed in the last two weeks uh, onto the truck um, so that it can be, be freighted to Melbourne for unload on Tuesday. Um, I'm flying down tomorrow because I'll be on site uh, first thing, first thing Tuesday morning at around probably five to 6am. <laughs> so um, getting sound in like there, a good time to me <laughs> getting in there really early to, um, to uh, yeah, ensure that we're, going to be executing right from the word go so the truck rocks up then on tuesday how many people you got there what are they doing you know how, how what's happening there yeah we've got um 
basically all the crew from uh, from the production team will be turning up on Tuesday, uh, and they'll help us unload the truck, and then we just start uh, start setting up. We'll start setting up tables, chairs, uh, production area for the the three different streams um, that are in this event. So a lot of production on this on this particular mm. event um, for the three different streams and uh, different areas. Uh, and yeah, hanging branding, uh, the stages will be installed, all the lighting. Um, yeah, we uh, hit the ground running from Tuesday. And how long does that normally take? I mean, not necessarily just for this event, but let's let's take it as a general thing for an event like Pokemon, an event like AO or IEM or MEO or something like that. How long does that kind of a bump in normally take? Uh, so, I mean, for Pokemon in particular, we're, we've got Tuesday, Wednesday, all day to to bump in with a thursday rehearsal that seems like um, a long and, lead time to me compared to yeah, some other events yeah absolutely like we absolutely will have less time um you should sometimes you'll have one day to complete it um mm. the good thing is we've we've yeah with our uh, time in the venue we're able to uh to spread it out slightly uh but um yeah a lot of events a lot of times um i guess like with packs you can have yeah one one or one or two days to set up a stage um yeah it 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 really depends on on the event and the amount of uh equipment and amount of uh stuff you've got going on and the availability of the venue as well availability for, of venue yeah. bigger yeah, venues are going to have an event that like is like literally a day after yours so you sort of need to in most cases i feel like we or not me anymore Luckily, uh, you need to bump out, right? Within you, you finish the event, let's say on si at six p.m. on Sunday, and then you bump out, and you have to be done almost by midnight that same night. The event comes down on Sunday at five o'clock. We've got to be out of the venue at ten o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Five hours to to remove two days of uh, <laughs> bump in. <laughs> bump yeah. in. So yeah. what takes two days to set up has to take five hours to to set yeah, down exactly. in a way. Yeah. Bump out. Not a fun turnaround, I'm sure. Uh, but hopefully, you guys are going to be able to manage. Uh, uh, I'm sure you will. Oh, absolutely. I've got no, I've got no, uh, no second thoughts whatsoever. Yeah. Well, we did skip a little bit in the middle there. Obviously we talked about the bump in and the bump out. The event days though, are, I would hope a little bit more chilled out for, for you in particular. Is that going to be the case or? Uh, I, the, the Pokemon events for us during the day, um, they're, they're constant, but um, there shouldn't be obviously too, too full on. Um, yeah the stream will be happening the production guys will be looking all after that it'll just be working with the client uh and the tournament organizers and making sure that um they've got everything they need um and if there's anything uh that uh, they need or that they require that we hadn't got beforehand uh we can just work with uh, them and you know get them what they need we're, we're there to assist um we're there to assist them with their requirements. So the idea is more or less to do all that planning beforehand so that when you actually get to the event and once it's all once it's all set up, there's not so much that you need to necessarily be doing. You're kind of more there to fight fires if, if fires arise. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Right. Well, that, that, I guess, gives a good insight as to what would happen on a normal event week. Obviously, mm. uh, a lot of planning involved. I was going to ask you, you know, what's the, the ratio of planning versus executing? And it sort of seems like, uh, in that instance, at least four or five months versus one week of execution. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of a lot of planning, especially on an event of this size, for um, a, a week of um, bump in event bump out. Yeah. Um, and the great thing is, I've always I've always loved that style of work. I love planning something out, uh, lots of planning, lots of time. Do you like then, spreadsheets? Are you that kind of guy? Look, spreadsheets and I have a great, uh, a very interesting relationship. Love hate relationship, <laughs> I guess. I'm a big spreadsheet I, fan, so I, I don't know. I just thought I felt. I found a kindred spirit, but maybe not. I, I have no issues with spreadsheets. Uh, but a lot of planning, uh, a lot of planning for mm. an event and then a good solid execution is just so satisfying for me. I, I love it. So how important is like having a team that you sort of trust and have worked with a lot before? Because to me, it seems like from what you're telling me, it's really a case of you've worked with that crew before, you know what they can do and they know what they need to do. And like, you can almost say, okay, well, here's the packing list. Make sure you pack this. And you can kind of trust that they've done it. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the great thing about the casual pool we have. Um, we, I know how they work. They know that, you know, they know what needs to happen and I, they know that, you know, what I require. Hmm. And so, yeah, I've got a really good relationship with the, um, the casuals and, uh, got a really good, um, uh, yeah, working relationship with them and they know exactly what needs to be done. So it is um there is obviously the the manage the managing that needs to happen, but uh just yeah, that we've got a great, great once once they're at the point of being able to self manage, that's the ideal situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, talk to me a little bit about some of the nuances between different events because obviously uh, putting on something like IEM or MEO must be quite uh, different to say ANZ champs in the studio. I can't really speak much to ANZ champs or what or, or something of that caliber there. maybe. Yeah, um, but the obvious the obvious differences there are the sizes, right? Like mm. IEM and MEO, they they're mega events. They can have anywhere from 150 to 200 staff at any time working on those events with thousands of spectators coming to see them. Whereas something like ANZ champs um, you've got on like mostly online phases uh, online phase until the finals, which is a LAN event, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's one of the most obvious differences. Um, but I mean, you've still got to do pretty, you've got to still do the same thing. You've right. got to, work through the schedules you've got to work with the client work with suppliers um it's just obviously the the amount it basically i would say it it scales pretty uh scales pretty linearly uh, maybe linearly yeah yeah, that's a that's a good word scales pretty literally with so uh, it's really like less about maybe uh differences in the job and more about like the scale of or the amount of work it's the same work it's just there's more of it for the bigger events yeah all right. That makes sense. Um, well, I want to sort of talk to you a little bit about uh, what possible future careers you could see maybe for yourself or for someone in this kind of a role. Like where does this role that you're doing right now lead and what are the skills maybe that you are building or have built that you think could be relevant to transition into another role in the future? Yeah, well, this this role, um, I'm, I'm hoping and it really sh- it should uh, lead me towards uh, one day hoping to be a senior PM yeah. um, and, you know, maybe looking after one of the big events uh, that uh, ESL does. Not saying Pokemon isn't a big event. It's a big event, but, you know. It's not IEM. Yeah, it's not IEM, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
So hopefully one day getting to, uh, you know, be the project lead on one of those events, uh, that, that just is really exciting. Um, the skills that I'm getting from this role, um, project work is really, project work really applies to anything. Like the, the skills you get from project managing, uh, you can apply it to literally anything. So a good example that I, I got from, um, from someone once was like, if, if you're building, building a, like a model boat, so you need to plan the materials, need to talk to suppliers to get the right materials. Um, you need to, you know, uh, build out your schedule in that you need to do this part before you complete this part. Uh, and then you need to budget for those things. Like, and then you need to execute. Sorry. Then you need to execute. Exactly. Then you need to do it. Uh, and the, yeah, the skills I'm picking up from, uh, working in, 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 as a project coordinator, are definitely helping me in, um, in, pretty much anything I do. So even even if you've moved outside of esports, you feel like this would still be pretty relevant to, you know, maybe being a project coordinator or a project manager within, I don't know, uh, a festival or uh, some other kind of event, you know, maybe you're setting up for uh, a sporting event or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, the the, the skills definitely transfer. Mm. Uh, but I'm definitely in the uh, esports for the long run. All right, we'll, we'll see how. And speaking of the long run, that's where I, I sort of wanted to, to, to transition into next. For, for the role that you're in right now, what do you see for that in the next five or 10 years? Like that's a role that would still exist in, in oh, five or 10 absolutely, years? Absolutely. Um, the way I kind of see this role is, is a great starting point mm -hmm. um, to, yeah, you know, pro to progress into project management. Um, so this, this role definitely is the role that will work across many different, um, tasks towards one goal of a final event. Um, but it's the way I kind of see it is that it is not really the, it's the entry level, I it's guess. It's like the stepping stone. So say, yeah, it's the stepping stone. That's right. It's it teaches the, you the fundamentals and that kind of thing. teaches the fundamentals. You work closely with mm. the project manager who, um, you know, who helps you and, and teaches you the different uh, nuances of different events and things. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you, you develop those skills into uh, a project management role. I absolutely think this role... Um, will be still around and uh it's just i think um it is a, yeah absolutely a great stepping stone into project management yeah definitely has its place within the, the industry and the ecosystem uh yeah. all right well i know you wanted to talk a little bit about the career workshop obviously we're getting to the end more or less of the the chat now so uh, the floor's yours i suppose yeah so uh esl is doing two careers workshops um uh, coming up in there's one going to be in Melbourne on the 19th of Feb at uh, Melbourne Convention Center and then uh, one in Sydney on the 4th of March at our studios uh, so these these workshops are going to be great to uh, learn about how to get involved with esports how to get involved with ESL um, and definitely get your name out there get your name there uh, on our you know, on our list to on the radar, on the radar, basically. Yeah. Wow. Cause we're looking, we're always looking to expand our casual pool. Like 
I, I talk about how amazing our casuals are. They are amazing, but we're always looking to expand. Um, so I definitely highly recommended that, it, that people who are interested um, sign up and, and come to the, to the workshops. Uh, because again, I, and I, I stressed on it before showing you a keen, that is absolutely, uh, that goes so far. Yeah. Um, I've, I've chatted with a few people already, uh, on this particular series and that seems to be something that sort of transcends across the, the roles. Uh, when it's coming to esports, it's like showing you keen and showing you can do it is, is kind of a big deal. Exactly. So yeah, I definitely highly recommend that, uh, anyone that is keen and anyone that wants to learn about how to get involved with esports and get your name, um, get put, put your name on our radar, definitely come to, um, one of the workshops. Mm. Uh, so again, Melbourne 19th of Feb at MCC and then Sydney 4th of March at ESL. Um, if someone, if people want, uh, they can hit up my Twitter and I've, mm. I've got a, I've got a link to the, um, the form to sign up. Yeah, your Twitter's on the screen as well. I'll I'll put a link into the YouTube description as well. Uh, so if anyone's keen on that, make sure you check that out. Now, very last point, uh, and I feel like you've sort of already touched this, but I was going to say, do you have any advice for, for the new generation or people that are interested in maybe doing the, the same position that you're doing? Just, uh, yeah, again, it's showing showing that you're keen um, and putting, putting, putting your name out there and um and having some experience with live events will always help um but definitely definitely uh definitely turning up to um, a workshop will definitely uh help you out be a bit of a bonus all right well yeah yeah it seems to all make sense seems to all be in line with with the expectations and all of that so uh, thanks for for chatting, Matt, because it was uh, insightful. I suppose it's not a, I think, a role that's necessarily talked about quite as much as maybe something like uh, what I did earlier, which was broadcast talent. You know, that's a very public facing role. Uh, but for you uh, to be able to get these kinds of thoughts out, uh, I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thank you for the opportunity. It's always good to um, to uh, showcase the uh, the behind the scenes. Uh, what what goes on behind the scenes? Mm. Exactly. Yeah.